Hello everybody and welcome back to the Brodo Dugout. This is the first in-season episode of the Brodo Dugout. I have a lot to discuss. The baseball season is well underway. I hope your seasons are going splendid. My seasons have been off to pretty solid starts. We're going to go through some surprise players today. Players who have broken onto the scene in the first couple weeks. Who you might have to be weary of, folks. Uh, some buy-low candidates, some sell-high candidates. And some waivers, of course. I'm going to give you some uh, shallow league waivers, some deeper league waivers, and yeah, everything you need. Feeling alright, feeling I want to start this off with some surprise starts. Surprise players to start the season. Uh, fact or fluke. I'm going to play a little bit of game of that. I'm going to let you know if I think there's someone you could trust or someone you cannot trust. So uh, let's get right into it. The first surprise start I'm going with is uh, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is currently the number one ranked fantasy player. He is off to a torrid start with the bat. He has seven home runs, 19 RBIs. Six walks to six Ks. He's batting 426. So, will Cody Bellinger keep this up? Factor fluke. Obviously, Cody Bellinger is not going to hit 70 to 90 home runs. Obviously, Cody Bellinger is not going to decrease to a level where he's going to be useless fancy wise. So, I'm going to say a, a, mid, a mid level fact here just because I believe in Cody Bellinger. He was, he was a beast two years ago when he, uh, he tore onto the scene with hitting 39 home runs in 132 games. Fell back down to earth a little bit last year with 25 home runs, but he was still hitting the ball hard. He was still making good contact. He was projected for over 30 home runs with a lot of the composite projections uh, like zips, steamers, the bat. And he is off to a torrid start, and his power is real, folks. He is a large man. He hits for a lot of power. One of the things I like the most about Cody Bellinger right now is his uh, walk-to-K ratio. Last year, he walked 69 times to 151 strikeouts. This year, he's at 6-6. Six and six. He's also thrown in a stolen base. This is a guy who gets some stolen bases. Throw, stole 14 bases last season. So he's off to a torrid start. I, he is in the middle of one of the best lineups we've seen in a while, the Dodgers lineup. They just keep putting up 7-8 runs every game. They're really off to quite a start offensively. So Cody Bellinger, I don't think he's going to end as a top 10 player. I also don't think he's going to fall off. I think whoever drafted Cody Bellinger at his ADP got a great price. And uh, based on his ADP, I'm going to say fact here. I think he's going to keep this up. Next up, Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon is... <clears throat> I tweeted about my Dark Horse sleepers and uh, MVP candidates and Cy Young Award winners. Anthony Rendon was my sleeper MVP candidate going into the season, and he is doing me justice early on. He's batting 429, a 1-3-7-1 OPS, 4 home runs, 14 RBIs, 15 runs, 5 walks, 8 strikeouts. He's always been very good uh, walk-to-K guy. He doesn't strike out a lot. He makes a lot of contact. He doesn't walk too much, but he does walk enough to get his OBP up if you're in OBP leagues. He's just crushing the ball. And now with Bryce Harper no longer there, Anthony Rendon is the guy in Washington. And it looks like, to me, like he is uh, really embracing that role. He has the young guys 
looking up to him like uh, Rendon, uh, excuse me, like Soto and Victor Robles, and now he he is in the power spot where he's the one they have to look upon, and it's looking great so far to start the year. I would not be surprised if he sets a career high in home runs this year. He's 25 his career high in home runs. I think he could surpass that. I would not be surprised if he sets a career high in RBIs. His career RBIs is 100. I would not be surprised either. I could easily see Rendon going 28 and 100 this year and keeping that average up above the 300 mark, which he's been very close to or above basically his whole career. He's always been a very good hitter. So Anthony Rendon is someone I'm going to say is a fact more so than Fluke as well. Another guy, I don't, I think he does, if, I think he does have a solid shot at ending in the top 15 players. I was very high on Rendon and I got him where I could in most leagues. <clears throat> After Anthony Rendon is where the, uh, the questions start popping up. Domingo Santana. So Domingo Santana is an interesting case because I was high on Domingo Santana last season and, uh, that really bit me in the butt, uh, going, looking back at it because he just, he was nowhere near his 2017 self. And I can't really blame him too much for that. It was kind of the Brewers just not giving him the necessary playing time to grow and to, uh, build off that tremendous 2017 season. Uh, if you are forgetting in 2017, Domingo Santana hit 30 home runs, had 88 RBIs and, uh, stole double-digit bases as well. So he was, he had 15 stolen bases. He batted 278 as well. So he was a great, great uh, season there. And then last season, it all came crashing down, really. He even spent 55 games in the minor leagues, which is just crazy to think about after that type of season. He only had five home runs. It was just a really bad season. And the Mariners were smart enough to take a chance on Domingo Santana. He's only 26 years old. It's not like he... He's uh, some old guy who had a flash in the pan year, and he is really proving him right so far. Four home runs, 11 RBIs, three stolen bases. The stolen bases is surprising to me because Santana's not a stolen base guy, really. He's more of a uh, timely stolen base guy where he seeks out good opportunities and takes it. It's not like he's a speedy guy, so three stolen bases already is nice. Uh, he He's going, he's hitting m much more like his 2017 self than he is his 2018 self his walk percentage is at a similar level he's at a 12 percent walk rate which is a uh, solid he 22 percent k rate which is a big change because even in 2017 when he was great his k rate was at 29 percent and then last season was up to 32 percent so that's great to see his iso is above and beyond what it was at last year he's at 259 and he did hold a 227 uh iso his whole 2017 season so this is someone who has done has had this level of production before am i weary about it absolutely because domingo santana does only have that one year really under his belt where he was a really good player the other years he was pretty uh pretty meh which like negative wars and things of that sort so i am weary of it i do also think he might keep up a level of play for to be a super solid outfield three outfielder three the rest of the year and that was not where he was going in drafts he was going more along the outfield four outfield five lines and so whoever grabbed Domingo Santana I think they got a steal there and uh don't expect him to keep this up but do expect him to 
be a solid contributor the rest of the year, I think. That Mariners team, I have no idea why they're winning so many games, but a lot of it has to do with Domingo Santana. Next up is Tim Beckham. Tim Beckham, if some of you may not know this, he was the number one overall draft pick by the Tampa Bay Rays in 2008. 29 years old now, it really just never lived up to what people expected him to be. Had a solid year last season, hit uh, 12 home runs. The year before that, hit 22 home runs. So, but he's not really a speed guy. He's never stole more than six bases in the major leagues. He's just, he doesn't have the home run potential to be a star. He doesn't really have the stolen base potential to be a star. He's just kind of there. Uh, his walk rate is at 13%, which is a huge boost from his... And again, it's only 12 games into the season so far. So not all, it's not... Don't expect all these things to stay the same, per se, but 13.7% walk rate is uh, double his walk rate that he had in 2018 with the Orioles last season. His K rate is down 7%. His ISO is up over 2.200. His BABIP, his uh, batting average of balls put in play, is 419, which obviously is high, so the average is expected to go down. It's obviously not going to stay at 386. He is... He did bat 230 last season, and he is a career 256 hitter. So that's something to keep an eye on. He's he's a tough one because Tim Beckham, when he was drafted, obviously number one overall, he was expected to be this star. He hasn't grown into it. Now out of nowhere, he's breaking out. At 29 years of age, crazier things have happened, but Tim Beckham is not someone I'm counting on really the rest of the season. If he is able to keep this up, Good for him. I'm just not a big believer. So we'll we'll see, but Tim Beckham is more of a, a fluke for me than a fact to the other guys. Next up is Yohan Moncada. Moncada traded from the Red Sox to the White Sox a couple years ago, was a top five prospect, and had a pretty rough year last season. Batted two thirty five at seventeen home runs, twelve stolen bases, two hundred seventeen strikeouts is absolutely absurd. But this isn't a guy who Really struck out a lot in the minor leagues and through the steps of the minor league system. So the 217 case was interesting. It's the fact that he struggles a lot against off-speed pitches. And despite the 319 average and almost a full 1 OPS right now this season, again, he's struggling with the off-speed stuff. So I think he's more of a fluke this, uh, this time around again. I do think he could be serviceable uh, the rest of the year as you're middle infielder or a second base, third base option. But Makata, he all his home runs have come off fastballs. Most of his hits have come off fastballs. He's still really struggling against the breaking balls, and it's only a matter of time until pitchers realize that they need to, once again, just start throwing him breaking balls early and often. So Tim Beckham is more, excuse me, Yon Makata is more of a fluke than a fact for me. Next up, Oh, this one hits home, folks. As a New York Met fan myself, Pete Alonso, this guy has been absolutely crushing it. Five home runs, 15 RBIs, 366 average, and OPS over 1.3. He is the first major league player ever with over 10 career, uh, excuse me, with over 10 extra base hits in his first 10 games. He the the main thing that I like about Peter Alonso is that oh Pete Alonso now is his the way, how hard he hits the ball he's already hit the ball over 
a certain miles per hour, I forget the number, I don't have it on me, but over 110 miles per hour or something of that sort, he's hit the ball harder more often than the Mets did last season combined as a team. So this guy is just on a whole other level when it comes to hitting the ball hard. To StatCast uh, numbers, Pete Alonso is the number one hard hit percentage bat right now, so he is hitting the ball hard and often he's hitting it fast he's top five in uh speed off the bat he's just absolutely crushing the ball and that leads to results most of the time and it is absolutely leading to results for pete alonzo is he going to be a top 15 top 20 player like he's playing like right now i don't know about that but pete alonzo was an absolute steal during the draft he was going in double digit rounds easily before like the last week his stock rose up the last week before the season started but before that, I mean, I got Pete Alonso in like a the 15th round of a draft or something like that, and he has been an absolute steal for anyone. I think he's a fact he is going to be around, and he's going to be around often. So get Pete Alonso if you can. Next up, Matt Shoemaker. Matt Shoemaker has had success before. Yes. But it is interesting to see now through three starts, that he has a .92 ERA, a .71 whip, and 19 strikeouts, folks, in uh, 19.2 innings. He's 3-0 for the Blue Jays. And the thing about Shoemaker is, obviously, you see Matt Shoemaker, you don't think of, like, a great starting pitcher, but when he was with the Angels, he had a lot of potential, and he's sh shown that he could uh, be a very effective pitcher. And then a rash of injuries hit him, and he just he hasn't been the same since. He's 32 years old, so another one that's it's tough to really see see the potential in a 32-year-old bouncing back from all these injuries, but even looking back just two years ago, Matt Shoemaker had a 3.88 ERA with a 3.52 FIP and a 3.86 XFIP, so he was, that's a valuable starter in the fantasy world, especially deeper leagues. Right now, with his .92 ERA, his FIP is at 3.41 and XFIP is 3.59, so obviously the ERA is not fully showing Matt Shoemaker's skill, it's much higher, but I mean his ground ball percentage is up, it's over 50% for the first time in his major league career, his home run to fly ball percentage is at 12.5%, which isn't super high, he is leaving a lot of runners on base, which obviously that could come down and could lead to a higher average, but we've seen uh, pitchers who just have a knack for getting players out when they're on base, so his uh, his walks and Ks are solid again. So, I mean, Matt Shoemaker is interesting. I wouldn't say he's a trustworthy starter just yet. I mean, I'm rolling him out there if I have him. Uh, he's 72% owned in leagues now, really rose up. If he's available in your league, go grab him. Um, I'm rolling him out there for as long as this streak keeps going. I wouldn't be super surprised if it ends at some time. But I do think he's going to at least be serviceable as long as he stays healthy. So I think he does deserve a roster spot in 12-team uh, leagues and later, and maybe even 10-team leagues, depending on the rosters, and how you're, if maybe if you lost, maybe if you have Chris Sale, or if you lost Luis Severino, or something like that, Matt Shoemaker someone to keep an eye on. Next up is a guy who was supposed to break out two years ago, was supposed to break out last year, and looks like he might be finally breaking out Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds, the 26-year-old starting pitcher who is off to an absolutely torrid pace. He has thrown 19 and two-thirds innings. In those 19 and two-thirds innings, he's given up five hits. Five hits total. 
Not a single one for extra bases. So he's literally only giving up singles. He has been an absolute beast. He has a .92 ERA. His uh his K per nine is at eleven and a half. First time it's in double digits in in the majors. His walks are a bit up, which is a little concerning. But it doesn't matter if he's going to keep pitching at this level. His ground ball percentage is up to fifty seven percent, which is back to uh, twenty seventeen levels where he was showing uh, signs of becoming a star. And then last season it went way down. So that's another big sign there. He has yet to give up a home run in 19 and a third innings. This is a guy who a lot of people touted to have a breakout. And now it looks like it might be coming into fruition. He he has done a lot of good stuff. He did face the, uh, the Marlins last time out. So obviously you have to take games like that with a grain of salt. But before that he played Milwaukee and he shut them down. And then before that he pitched against Pittsburgh who isn't terrible, not great. So, uh, Luis Castillo is someone who is off to a torrid start, and someone I think, someone I wasn't high on, really, in the past, but if he keeps pitching at this level, he, he's even taken some speed off his fastball, which is usually a not a good thing, but if it's going to be able to locate better and make his other pitches look better, which it has done so far, then so be it. So Luis Castillo, I'm going to say, is a fact here, and someone I'm going to... If someone's trying to sell him for cheap, grab him. Also, it's tough here because I think he's a fact, but a sell-high candidate, folks. If you could get a stud uh, starting pitcher for Castillo and like a, a hot hitter, like a Castillo and Domingo Santana for a Trevor Bauer type thing, that would be glorious. And lastly, Tyler Glasnow. My, my love for Tyler Glasnow knows no bounds. Uh, he was my dark horse Cy Young candidate, and he is making me look real good. To start the season, he's 3-0, 21 strikeouts in 17 innings, 0.53 ERA, 0.82 whip, a couple quality starts mixed in there. He was absolutely beasting against the Chicago White Sox lineup yesterday where he went six innings, only allowed uh, one or two hits, I believe, and, and a walk with 11 strikeouts. So Tyler Glass now looks like he might finally be coming into his own. Obviously, there is some... Uh, there's... Something to be weary of here, though, because he has shown signs in the past and hasn't been able to really put it together. He does have control issues, despite the fact that he's not really showing it so far. Last season, his uh, walks per nine were at 427. In 2017, his walks per nine were at 639. So the fact that it's at 159 right now is absolutely amazing. And if he is able to keep the walks down, I think he is absolutely capable of producing a season like this. He has a .53 ERA, 1.93 FIP, 2.47 XFIP. So he is pitching at the caliber level that it looks like he's pitching at right now. So it's it sure is interesting with Tyler Glass. Now, whoever grabbed him late looks like they got a steal as well, uh, just like Luis Castillo. So I'm going to say Glasnow is a fact. So that was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 players. Remember my surprise start factor fluke players. So go through it again. Cody Bellinger I think is a fact. Anthony Rendon a fact. Santana a little mixed there, but I'm going to say a fact based off ADP. Tim Beckham is a fluke. Makata I think is a bit of a fluke. Pete Alonso I'd say is a, a fact. Matt Shoemaker a little bit of a mix there. Luis Castillo, and Glasnow, I say facts. So mostly, mostly I think these surprise starts are going to keep up except for a couple of them. So let's see how that plays out. But 
definitely really hot starts for all those players I named. I'm going to jump into a little buy low, sell high here because buy low, sell high is one of my favorite things to do in the beginning of the season because there are, they are, there are excuse me, a lot of people who are just dumb when it comes to um, trading in the beginning of the season. They see a bad start and they're like, oh no, this guy is going to suck now. We have to get rid of him. Pounce on the opportunity, folks. A buy low candidate for me. I have just a bunch of studs really for buy low candidates. Nolan Arenado, he's yet to hit a home run. He's yet to look like Nolan Arenado after signing that enormous contract. But, come on. It's Nolan Arenado, folks. This guy is a perennial 35 home run and 100 RBI hitter. He, there's there's not much to say about Nolan Arenado. Yes, he's off to a slow start. But go grab him if you can. Another one is Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is interesting because he had a really bad second half last year. And he's carrying that over into this season. He is batting only 154 right now. He, yes, he has a three stolen bases, but he has not hit a home run yet. Uh, he he only has two RBIs, five runs. It's it's tough with Jose Ramirez because he he needs to learn how to hit breaking balls better. And until that happens, he is going to be a little disappointing, I think. But I'm still trading for him. I think he has the ability to turn that around easily. I mean, don't forget last year, Jose Ramirez went 39 with 39 home runs and uh, 34 stolen bases with 110 runs and 105 RBIs. Like, that is just ridiculous. So if someone's scared about the start, go grab Jose Ramirez for cheap. Same thing with Charlie Blackman. Uh, Charlie Blackman I'm not as high on as other people. But, I mean, if people are scared that he's old age and isn't going to be the same he's 30 home runs and 10 to 15 stolen bases waiting to happen maybe not 30 home runs 25 to 30 maybe but yeah he's a run machine usually he'll put up some rbis just the whole rockies team as a whole has really struggled to start the season they'll pick it up so the whole rockies offense really are filled with by low candidates andrew benintendi he's a perennial 20 20. Well, he will be a perennial 2020 guy. 16 home runs last season, 21 stolen bases. I think he ends with similar numbers. Was going in the second, third round of drafts. If people are scared of the start, go grab him. And then this guy is more of a late. He is being dropped some. It's Travis Shaw. He's only 83% owned in fantasy leagues on Yahoo. He had 32 home runs last year, folks. 32. With 86 RBIs, 5 stolen bases. He walks often he doesn't strike out too much he had an 825 OPS I mean Travis Shaw is a good baseball player yes he's off to an awful start but so is Nolan Arenado so is Jose Ramirez so is Charlie Blackman go grab Travis Shaw especially I mean if he's on the waiver wire I doubt that but if he is go grab him and otherwise just throw out a an offer for Travis Shaw with a, a low ball offer and see what type of response you get for my sell high candidates here, those are my buy lows. Arenado, Ramirez, Blackman, Benintendi, and Travis Shaw. For my sell highs, we got Domingo Santana. This is when it comes to fancy baseball. Remember Eric Thames last year where he absolutely crushed the ball, hit like 10 home runs in April, and then people thought he was a first or second round player to be? Yeah, that happens, folks. So when you get surprise players like that, trade them for their value. Trade them for their ceiling. Like, if you could get Domingo Santana, what's his ceiling, realistically, uh, in Seattle? I mean, yes, he has a 
the 30-15 season from a couple years back. But is he really likely to go 30-15 again? It's tough to say. I mean, it's unlikely. It's not easy to go 30-15. But if you're betting on Domingo Santana's ceiling, or if somebody's willing to bet on Domingo Santana's ceiling, then take advantage of it. Like uh, Andrew Benintendi. I'd rather have Andrew Benintendi than Domingo Santana rest of the season. If there's some crazy person out there who doesn't, who doesn't feel that way, go take advantage. Tim Beckham, uh, I was saying him and Mankata both. Now I think they're more fluky. They still have a lot of holes in their game. So I'm looking to sell those two high. Um, and then Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson is off to a ridiculous start. He is batting... 324 with a 1184 OPS, 4 home runs, 15 RBIs. The reason I have Dansby Swanson on this list is because Dansby Swanson is not a power hitter. He's not a speed guy. He's like a mix. He's like a like last year he went 14 and 10. So if he uh, grows from that to this season, he goes 20 and 15 maybe. That's best case scenario, and the average is gonna have to stay up. Trade him for ceiling. So what Dansby Swanson can be, if you're projecting a player of similar uh, that was drafted earlier, who his average is 20 and 15, then go get that player, like a Aaron Hicks, for example. Aaron Hicks last season went 27 and 11. Like if that, if you expect Aaron Hicks when he comes back to be healthy to go 25 and 10, and you think that's Dansby Swanson's ceiling, then why would you trust in a player's ceiling when you could just get? the expectation from a player, and it could be more with Aaron Hicks. You know what I mean? So, like, someone, like, a trade like that, I'd trade Nancy Swanson for Aaron Hicks, especially if I needed outfield help. And lastly, I'm going to go into waivers here. I'm going to go through some waivers for shallower leagues, waivers for uh, deeper leagues. I'll give you the percentages on Yahoo, because Yahoo is a platform I like to use, and uh, it's very simple. The ownership is right next to the player, so... First is Tyler Skaggs, 47% owned in Yahoo. Tyler Skaggs was awesome the first half of last year. It looked like he was really coming into his own and becoming the ace that some people expected him to be when he was younger. And then he got hurt, and the whole second half raveled uncontrollably and ended with an ERA over 4, which you, looking at it, you would not expect that to be the case after seeing what he did in the first half. This year, he's up to 11 innings with a 2-4-5 ERA. He has a win. Seven strikeouts, so he looks like he's healthy again. He's pitching pretty solid. Uh, ERA of 109. I mean, excuse me, a whip of 109. ERA is at 245. So Tyler Skaggs, somehow only 47% owned. Go grab him if you can. Uh, next up is Trevor Williams of the Pittsburgh Pirates. If you uh, if you have a subscription to The Athletic, uh, Michael Salfino wrote a great article about Trevor Williams and how about how Despite the fact that he does not strike out uh, batters, he in 170 innings last season he struck out 126 batters. His three his 311 ERA actually makes sense because he is a because he is a very effective pitcher with the pitches that he has. He he induces weak contact. He doesn't strike out a lot of people, but he gets outs, and that's all that really matters. And he's carrying over last season into this season to start the year. Uh, he's at a 2-2-5 ERA with 9 Ks through 12 innings and a win. So Trevor Williams is not someone who's going to win you your league, but he's also someone who should definitely not be on the waiver wire in 54% of leagues. He's only 46% owned. So Trevor Williams is someone I'm grabbing because 
he did have a 3.11 ERA, and no matter who that is, that is an awesome ERA and something that's very valuable in uh, fantasy leagues. Next up, I'm staying with the um, staying with the Pirates theme. Uh, Gregory Polanco. He started. He's starting his rehab assignment on Sunday. Uh, he batted 254 last season with 23 home runs and 12 RBIs and 461 at bats. If he stays healthy coming in, he's gonna get 461 at bats again. And 23 and 12 is not out of the question. Someone of his uh, five tool potential is. Uh, it's interesting to see that he's on the on the uh, waiver wire in over 50% of leagues. Keeping it with the Polancos, Jorge Polanco, only 28% owned. He came back from his suspension last season, batted 300 times, hit seven home runs, excuse me, six home runs and seven stolen bases with a 288 average. This guy has always been able to hit for a higher average and hits for enough power and runs for enough speed to be uh, mixed league viable. And he's off to a really hot start, batting 375 with a 1182 OPS. He hit for the cycle a few days back. And then uh, a couple days ago against the Mets and Jacob DeGrom, he was a double shy of the cycle. So he's off to a hot start and definitely someone who should be owned in uh, in fancy leagues, especially with such a weak position, a shortstop that's very top-heavy. Next up is Jason Hayward, uh, 43% owned. I'm not a Jason Hayward fan, but you cannot pass up on what is going on right now. Hayward is top five right now in the MLB in hard hit percentage, and he is hitting the ball. Remember that rookie season where Jason Hayward looked like he was going to be a star? That's kind of how he's hitting the ball right now. And he also throw in a couple steals to boot. He has six walks and four strikeouts. He's always been a low strikeout guy. It's really a really hot start for Jason Hayward. And if you get, if you try to guess how old Jason Hayward is, you'll probably say, oh, Jason Hayward is uh, 33 years old. He's not 33 years old. Jason Hayward came up when he was super young. So, He's only 29, folks. Like he, when he came up with the Braves, he uh, he was 19 or 20 years old, I believe. So he's still only 29 years old, and we've seen players break out at this age. Daniel Murphy take another step up at this age. Guys like J.D. Martinez break out near this age. So Jason Hayward, although I'm not a huge believer, if he's available on the waiver wire, there's literally nothing wrong with just adding him to your team. And if he slows down, then you can just drop him again. Jason Hayward is someone I'm looking at. Next up is Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker is only owned in uh, 38% of leagues. A little crazy to me. He batted 299 last year in 281 at-bats with 7 home runs. This guy last season walked more than he K'd. He had 49 walks to 46 strikeouts. He's basically the light version of Joey Votto. He's off to a terrible start, yes, but so are a lot of batters. It's still early on. In April, people... Look into the first couple weeks way too much. If he's available on a waiver wire, go get him, especially in OBP leagues. If he's he's just gold on the waiver wire if you're in an OBP league. So keep an eye on Jesse Winker. Uh, next up is Taylor Rogers. Taylor Rogers is 27% owned. Taylor Rogers seems to have the step up right now on the save situation in uh, in Minnesota. So whenever there's a closer on the wire, you should be looking to pick him up. Jeff McNeil at 24% owned. Jeff McNeil, if you need a boost in the average department, Jeff McNeil is like, I got you, bro, don't worry. He's batting 367 on the season with a 972 OPS, despite the fact that he doesn't even have a home run. This guy is just a hitting machine. Uh, last year, he batted 329 
over 225 plate appearances. So even in, in the minors, he batted over 300. Everywhere he goes, he's a contact machine. Uh, he hit three home runs and had seven RBIs last year in 225 at-bats. So he will, uh, uh, once in a while, show some pop and some juice on the bases. So he can help out a little bit more than just the average apartment. But mainly, if you're looking for average help, Jeff McNeil is definitely someone to look at. Adam Frazier, back to the Pirates, only 17% owned. Really came into his own at the sec in the second half last year. Looked great, and he's carried over into this season. Uh, 289 average, 833 OPS, a home run, two stolen bases. Only 17% owned. If you're in a 12-15 man league, Adam Frazier should absolutely be rostered. Uh, second base and outfield eligible in Yahoo. And he, uh, he plays every day. He plays every day for uh, Pittsburgh. So definitely someone to keep an eye on there is Adam Frazier. Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith is only 12% owned, which is a little crazy to me again. He obviously is on a terrible team, but he has massive strikeout potential. He struck out 88 batters in 77 innings last season. He's up to 15 through 11 innings this season. A 409 ERA and a 1 whip. He's not going to help you with the in the wind department more than likely because he's on the Marlins. But he could give you a bunch of help in the strikeout department with some with a whip and ERA that isn't too bad, about 4 and 1.1, 1.2. So Caleb Smith is definitely someone I'm keeping an eye on. Someone I'm very surprised that is only 12% rostered. And then lastly, Merrill Kelly at 11% owned. Merrill Kelly, if you do not know Merrill Kelly, I do not blame you. He is 12% owned. He came from Japan, one of those Miles Michaelis type guys. He's 30 years old, and he is off to a great start through two starts and 14 innings. He has a win, uh, 12 strikeouts, a 2.57 ERA, and a minuscule .79 whip. Only two walks in those 12 innings. So he has looked great pitching for Arizona. Someone to definitely keep an eye on if he pitches another, if he uh, if he dominates San Diego again uh, his next time out, his, I expect his ownership percentage to really skyrocket up. So someone to keep an eye on is Merrill Kelly. And that's all, folks. Signing off now. Thank you for listening. Uh, those were my surprise players, some my buy lows, some sell highs, and some waivers. Thank you for listening. You know where to find me, at Brodo Dugout, at Mike underscore Patrop is my personal account, at Brodo Fantasy for all things Brodo Fantasy. And uh, feel free to ask questions on Brodo Dugout, uh, waiver wire questions, trade questions, players to target, things of that sort. I'm always available on Twitter. Go to brotofantasy.com to check out our site where we have true target and true throw values for fantasy football. Articles, a couple articles coming out soon. Keep an eye on that. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, peace.